Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Nate. And we are going to tell you all the things you really want to hear for teens. So if there's anything that we haven't talked about yet or questions that you have that you'd like to know about, let us know by emailing us at realadvice4teens at gmail.com. And that's the number four. So once again, realadvice4teens at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you can hear our new episodes every week. All right, so this week we have a couple questions that we're going to go over first. Um, so this question is, how do you deal with having different beliefs than your parents, whether it's religious, ideological, moral, or political? That's a loaded question. It really is a loaded question. It actually just so happens that, and really we didn't decide this because of no. this question. It so happens we're talking about parents tonight, so this actually will help with that. Um, but yeah, so how do you deal with that? And immediately my mind turned to when I was a kid, um, thinking about my parents' religious beliefs and how things were in our house. I mean, essentially the rule was that if we chose not to attend services on Sunday, then we had to stay in our room and lost privileges, basically. Um, and, and in some cases, I remember, I remember being at my, uh, my dad's house, my parents divorced when I was young. We'll get into that too. Um, but I remember being at my dad's house and pretending like I was asleep when everybody was going to church so that I didn't have to go. And they'd finally just get annoyed and leave. And of course I got out of going to, going to services. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't like going when I was that age. So Jessica would have never missed, right? Oh, I did for sure. But I didn't really have a consequence. My mom was just more disappointed. But I think my political views, my religious views, my moral views were very similar to my mom's. As I got older, like an older teenager, when I was a younger teenager, they weren't. But as an older teenager, they were very similar because I had divorced parents too. So that's why I say my mom's because I lived with my mom. But they were very, very similar. So that wasn't difficult for me as a teenager. Well, as an older teenager. But how do you deal with it? How do you deal with if they are different? Well, I mean, let's think about that. So let's pretend like your mom would have had a very strict approach to you if you said not to go to church mm-hmm. um you know and, and and threaten to take away privileges or would have come down on you really hard because you didn't i mean how would you have handled that what would you have done well as a i don't know what i would have done necessarily but as a parent now because we have children and <laughs> six children we do we have six children and i don't they don't all have the same well, like no, beliefs as we do. Definitely not. But I think looking at whether it's political or religious or moral, trying to see the good in it. And if I had a friend who was a different religion than me and I went to church with them and it promoted good things that were going to 
ultimately be good for me and good for people around me, then to go for them to spend time with them and support them, whether I believed in that religion or not, isn't going to necessarily hurt me if I believe that it's going to be a good thing for me and people around me. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think you and I had a very similar thought. So um, when you were taking, when you were talking, I was thinking about what I would do. So thinking about this person's question and, and their concerns and everything, um, ultimately, here's the deal. You live in your parents' house. You live under their rules. You live under their guidance. And sometimes, sadly, you just get to do what they want you to do. Whether or not that feels true to you or not, um, whether you feel like you're betraying yourself because you're not doing what you think you want to do and it goes against what you believe, it doesn't matter. You are living under their rules. So you've got to look at it from the viewpoint of you love your parents, you care about them, and you live in their house. So you've got to kind of you know appease them. That being said, I know a lot of about various religions. I mean, I, I, I teach um, you know, social studies, so I get to teach religion. I talk about, you know, in my classes, the five main religions, um, which are Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam or Muslims. Um, and all of them, I'm, I'm just gonna be honest, all of them have really, really good things that I agree with. And they have things that I don't agree with. Um, but that's the thing. It really doesn't matter what religion you're going to you could still focus in on aspects of it that are good. Yeah. Um, like like some of the coolest things of like like Buddhism, for example, they are some of the coolest people. We um, we have some family that are that are Buddhist. That being said, like some of their viewpoint, um, some of their viewpoints are really really good. Like they they care about being good people. They care about taking care of the earth. They care about treating animals with respect. Like they care about a lot of things that are just good. Um, you can look at, at Muslims, and there's a negative connotation that exists with Muslims out, especially in the United States for some reason. Uh, well, I, mean, I know why, but it's not it's not real. Like it's not a it's not a real thing. Um, Muslims, whether if you really want to look into it, Muslims are actually one of the most peaceful religions that there are. If you really actually want to get into it mm -hmm. and learn about them, um, I I've taught Muslim kids. I I know. Um, some people that are, they're amazing people. If you really take the time to get to know them, I don't have to agree with their religious beliefs as a whole, but you know, on a basis level, I do. Like, like, like I agree with some of the things they believe and largely they believe in treating, with, treating people with respect and love and everything else too. So the point is, is if you're in a situation where you're going to do church with your parents and you don't necessarily believe what they believe, um, that's fine. Find the good in it. Don't, you don't have to be fully converted in your heart and they don't even necessarily have to know. And maybe down the road, you can have that conversation with them as you feel comfortable. Um, and I would probably say, you know, as you get older, they'll start to respect more of what you think because you're older, but as you're younger, just find the good in it and, and follow the good that you can find because it's there if you look. Yeah. And the other thing about religion is it's actually a protective factor, which means it's going to protect you against something harmful, whether that be drugs or criminal activity or whatever. It actually is a protective factor and can help you. Being a part of a religion and being part of a group, you have people that 
are automatically like friends and stand by you. So just changing your perspective a little bit may help at least until you're older and your parents feel like you can make a better decision, I guess, which parents are that way. They are, they've lived life and think, you know what, this is gonna be the best thing for my kid. And not all kids follow that. They don't. No, they just don't, and that's normal. I would think, you know, based on this person's question, I would tend to think that they're probably um, not an older teen, more of a younger teen. And the reason that I say that is because when you have younger teens, parents are going to be more uh, protective, um, more controlling over what they think because they're Mm -hmm. younger. They're not going to respect their views as much because they're younger. Um, So, like, if you're talking politically, good luck. I mean... Unless you've got parents that are really receptive to you having different political views, if, if they don't, you're really not going to be able to break down those walls. That's just probably not going to change anytime soon if, if they're just really guarded against what they believe and think that you should think the way that they do. Um, that being said, I would just, I would study the things that you are interested in, um, believe them kind of behind the scenes. You don't have to, uh, I mean, as, as a teen, you know, if you're not old enough to vote and things like that, it's not like, as far as politics goes, it's, it's not like you have to really worry about doing anything politically that's going to align with your parents, you know, unless your parents are really politically active, but. Yeah. And if you are like having a conversation with them and you disagree, just make sure you have the evidence to back up whatever claim you're making. That's a hard thing sometimes about younger kids or teenagers. I even, like sometimes my kids will say something and I'll ask them, well, why do you think that? I don't know, I just do. I'm like, but why? What's your reasoning? And once they have something to back up, what they're saying when we're talking about politics, then I'm more receptive to hear them and listen. And I may disagree, but I don't talk politics anyway. She hates politics. I I hate politics. Well, and one thing I will say too, like, again, I teach social studies. Every year I have kids that will ask, well, what, what political affiliation are you? And I'll tell them it doesn't matter. And they'll try to find out and they'll try to find out and they'll try to find out. I get really, I'm really good at talking both sides. I can talk about one thing and make it seem like I'm a democratic, a Democrat one way. I can talk about one thing and make it seem like I'm a Republican another way. I can talk about libertarian ideas and make it seem like I'm that way another way. The point is, is you can get really good at seeing a viewpoint from all sides If you are living with people that don't see it your way, which in reality, all that's going to do in the long run is make you be a much more rounded person. It's also going to make you become a more understanding and patient person because you know what it's like to live in a situation where you don't necessarily feel comfortable because your beliefs are different. And ultimately, what I'm going to say is, is it's hard but things that are hard help to mold us into who we're going to become. And later on, you will be better because of what you're learning now. And I know it's going to be hard for you to see that in the moment, but I can promise you, you know, a year from now, two years from now, whatever, you're going to see something good come of it, at least for yourself. And it's going to have been worth it. Yeah. And lastly, for that question, just understand that your parents really have your best interest in mind. And they think, you know what, 
I've experienced life. This is going to be the best way for my kids to have an easier life or to get through things. And they're not doing it to say that you don't have any say in anything. They just, based on their experience in life, think that that's what is best for you. And they really do love you. They want you to just be successful. Yeah. I mean, they do. And and they think that they know best. And that's just what it is sometimes. Yeah. And that's okay. It's a learning experience for all of us. And there's really no... I, I, I'm not a perfect parent, so don't you know think that I'm saying that I am. Matter of fact, I don't know if there's really anything perfect that I do as a parent. I'm all just... I'm just kind of playing by the skin of my teeth I think as they say like I we're kind of going through it but um, I just know that you just have to be patient and let things come as they will and really be patient with yourself and just just become more informed become more educated on what you do believe and on what your parents believe so that you can if the ever opportunity ever came up that you can combat it and not combat it in like a combative way but just in an educationally very well put together argument about why you feel the way you do and you know what? One day they'll learn to respect that. So especially as you get older. All right. So our next question is how to have a good day when you're having a rough one. Whew, that's a also tough question. What yeah. do I do? What do I do if I'm having a bad day? <laughs> she puts headphones in and just kind of she'll go do work or go work out or something like that she just kind of put, he, puts headphones in tries to drown out the world and focus on something yeah or turn the music up just really loud and have like a dance party and just do like turn on music that makes me happy and dance around maybe while i'm cleaning and that really so, helps change my mood a lot music is super influential in my life yeah, for sure. And I'll even do the same thing. Like I'll listen to a certain few songs for me that kind of change my perspective. I, Jessica does not listen to lyrics. She just likes the feel of the, the music and kind of flows into it. I am a lyrical person. So like it's happened many, many times. I'm sitting here smiling at her. She's watching me. <laughs> um, it's happened many, many times where she'll say, oh, I love this song. And I'll be like, have you heard the lyrics of that song? And then I'll ruin it for her because she doesn't even know what the lyrics are. Yeah. I get into lyrics. She doesn't. But that being said, music is a really good way to get an uptick in a, in your uh, personality for a day or if you're down or whatever. That being said, though, Jess, so if you're at school mm-hmm. and you're having a really bad day, mm-hmm. you've got the class from, lack of a better way to put it, hell, right? You're going to say that on our podcast? I'm talking about it as a place. As oh, a place. Okay, it's okay. not a swear word, right? Okay. That being said, so you've got that really bad class. Uh huh. What do you do to bring yourself up? Oh, I put a beanie on and put my AirPods in so the kids can't see, right? Like students do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I oh, thought she was serious for a second. No, I have. I was like, I've never seen you even. No. You even have a beanie? <laughs> anyway, sorry. I one time wore AirPods. I don't think it was even during a class. It was like during my lunch and some students had come in. I would hope it wasn't in. during a class. No. I was listening to music while I was grading. Anyway, what would I do? Um, I have this really hard class and I'm having a bad day. Sometimes I either like, <laughs> this is so terrible. I won't mention class periods. I'll count down the minutes or plan something for myself later. Because sometimes we have to do things that we don't necessarily want to do. Like we don't want to take that test or you don't want to do your chores. 
But if you have something to look forward to after, then it makes it a lot easier. Or just seeing, trying to see the positive in it, like making jokes or saying dumb things to yourself in your head actually helps me get through it. What do you do? You're having, let, let me give you a different Okay, you can give scenario. me a scenario. Okay. You are at home and your wife is really grumpy at you. And everyone in the house is just all grumpy. Everyone's grumpy. How do you not be grumpy? How do you have a good day? Um, because you know when, what do they say? When mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Yeah, so <laughs> I will put on my headphones and go play video games, right? No. Or go get in my car and speed off? No. Um, so really, honestly, what it is and what you can do, at least what I do that works for me, is I will try to still find a good thing, an element, a moment, an instance that's still a positive. Mm -hmm. um, so for example... Um, if I'm having a rough day or, or you take just a scenario, um, I'll look at my kids and try to catch a smile. Um, and seeing them smile sparks a moment of, of, of happiness, an uptick of happiness in me. I'll try to find those little things that have brought me joy in the past and cling to those so that I can try to change my my persona i guess my, my 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 feelings in in that moment in those minutes um but you've got you've got to be positive you've got to be positive minded it's interesting because i and i've noticed this and really um you know with my goals that i set for me my take five that i that i've been doing um you know one of them has been i, I write a gratitude journal and i write something in my gratitude journal every single day something that I am personally grateful for um, because it's really easy to be negative. And once you start being negative, it's, it starts a cycle. It's, it's, it's like a, a downward spiral and it's easier to find negative. And when you start complaining about it, especially if you have friends or, or a spouse or whatever, and you start complaining, if that person's having a bad day, you guys just start a pity party and complain to each other. And it really only makes it worse. And it's, it's crazy, but it, I don't know, if you find something positive, you could really overturn that negative pretty quick, but it's, it's a choice. You've, you've got to look for it. You've got to put in the effort and sometimes you just don't want to. And in reality, sometimes it's okay just to have a rough day. Sometimes it's okay to have pity parties. Sometimes it's okay to just be mad. That's normal. Yeah. But if you're trying to undo that, find the positive moments. And maybe that is just cramming some AirPods in your ears and listening to your favorite song. Maybe that's how you get away from it. You would have to decide what that is for you. But for me, like I said, I'm just, I'm finding those little positive moments and, and, and trying to run with that. Playing with my kids, jumping on the trampoline, taking my dog on a walk, um, listening to something funny. I mean, I listen to a guy named Brian Regan. He's hilarious and he's also clean. So uh, trying to find something that's just positive and, and bringing it into my life when I need it. Yeah. We're going upstairs and eating a piece of chocolate. Yeah. So so actually, that's funny you say that. So you remember the guy that wrote that book, The Red Rubber Ball? Yeah. And he came and talked to our district. His name was um, Kevin Carroll. He wrote this book called The Red Rubber Ball. Um, 
anyway, so what he told us is that he, at, at four o'clock every day, and he puts it on his calendar. Um, he puts um, meeting with C on his calendar. And all meeting with C is, is he takes a moment at four o'clock every day and eats chocolate. And what he does is he buys like fancy, fancy schmancy chocolates from Belgium and Switzerland and all this. And he eats a fancy piece of chocolate every day at four o'clock. And the reason he said he does that, and you already alluded to this, he gave himself something to look forward to every day. Yep. Something that's his treat, his reward. Yeah, and if you're focused on that and you're focused on the taste of the chocolate and the feel of the chocolate and opening the wrapper, that starts mindfulness and then it's easier to forget about what you're worried about, at least for that moment, and then you can go on a little bit longer. Yeah, you know, so mindfulness is called uh, being metacognitive. So Mm -hmm. metacognition, metacognition, Cognition. cognition is thinking about thinking. It sounds silly, but it's actually so. So emotions live in a part of our brain that um, can't be expressed, which is why they come out in frustration. If you're trying to express it, you can't. And so you get frustrated. That's natural. It's normal. Um, So when you're thinking, yeah, it's metacognition. So when you're thinking about um, trying to be happy, it makes it it, it can make you happy. Mm -hmm. And so if you put that meeting with C on your calendar every day. That's your pick-me-up. That's your thing. And maybe it's uh, drink a Red Bull and that's your thing or whatever. No, don't drink Red Bulls. I, There's for so inst- much caffeine. I, They're not healthy for you. For instance, oh, 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 look, look, disclaimer, I haven't drank caffeine in, what, 10 years now? I choose not to because I get headaches from it. That being said, I'm not advocating for that, but if you do, whatever. I'm just saying whatever your thing is, schedule it. Give yeah. yourself something to look forward to. Yeah. So... But that's what I would do. And yeah, so. I think those are great ideas. All right. We are going to talk about parents and. Divorce. Yeah. If we can get to divorce. If we can get to divorce. Yeah, then we'll talk about divorce too. So where do we want to go with parents? Like how to handle them, right? Oh, goodness, parents. I'm trying to think of how I handled my parents. So guys, like my parents, I feel like I've talked a lot, but my parents, when I was a kid, they did the best they could, but I mean, I had I, like well, my parents divorced when I was young, so I had. You were ste- five, right? I was in third grade. Oh, eight. I was, I was five. I was in third grade. Yep. So I had a lot of parents in and out of my life. Um, just my mom was remarried uh, once, twice, three times, a lady, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> she's married on, on our third marriage, obviously. So my my stepdad. Um, who I call my dad, uh, he was a police officer and he was killed um, in, a, in the line of duty. Um, and then my mom was married to a guy who it didn't work out with. And then my dad uh, before that. Um, and really, you know, what I learned from all of that was men sucked and I didn't want any of them to replace my originally dad, my original dad. And I was, I was, I was, I was, I was rough. I was a I was a rough kid. Um, I was hard. I you know really um, I caused probably more problems than I solved. <laughs> At least I feel like that. I, I put my mom and dad through some hard times. I think. Yeah, kids do that though. And me growing up, my parents got divorced when I was five, and then my mom 
got remarried shortly after within the next couple years and my dad got remarried and so I had lots of step siblings which I didn't love I mean I loved more than others and my dad had a new baby with his new wife and that was really fun for me I was nine then she was used and to being the baby though what she was used to being the baby. I though. was, but I, oh, I love that kid. I still love him. And then both of them got divorced again. And my dad has stayed single since then. My mom got remarried again and divorced again. So divorce is something I've definitely experienced in life. And I, I was like the angel kid. I didn't cause, <laughs> I mean, I don't think I really caused them that many problems. I know I did. I actually totally did as a teenager. But as a young kid, I was a pretty good kid. And my mom and I had a really, really good relationship. And they, that They still helped. do now. Yeah, we do. They still have a really good relationship now. Like, I haven't talked to her today, and it's weird that I haven't talked to her today. And I... I'm really bad about communication. So, like, my mom would tell you that... My son never talks to me because I'm I'm really I'm really bad at it. Um, it's true. He really he's actually pretty bad at it. I I just I'm very categorical in the way that I think. Mm -hmm. So I have to do things in one, two, three, four, five order. And if I don't, it causes maybe maybe I have like I don't know something because it causes me to get really uncomfortable if I don't do it in that order. But anyway, so with parents. The one thing that I would say is, is first and foremost, they love you. And they really are trying the best they can. And, you know, even if that is a parent who, like, abuse has been in my family in different generations, they really are doing the best they can. And sometimes that abuse can come that they were abused before or they were scared or... Their and, mental capacity is different, but parents really do try. And it's hard to see that as a kid. It's hard to see, like, no, 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 you yell at me all the time. You're not trying the best you can. But now that I'm a parent and I said I'd never yell at my kids and I do yell at my kids, I really am trying. I am trying so hard. And, and, and that being said, abuse is never okay. No. It, it, it's not. Um, and if you're being abused... You really need to, you should say something so you can get some help or your parents can get some help because that sure. shouldn't happen. Um, you know, I, it's, it's happened to me too and it's, it's, it's a hard thing. It sucks to go through. That being said, okay, you know, if your parents yell or swear or they get too mad sometimes or whatever, um, just understand that there's something that causes that. It's not that, it's not like your parents wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to be a jerk today. It, 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 you know, and, and hopefully they don't. But the reason, it, the point is, is something happens to make that happen, and usually that something is connected to um, the day before, or the way they were raised, or the way their parents treated them, or something. It's all connected in some way, um, and so you got to just think like, instead of my parents suck, think of, or or my parents matter all the time, or whatever. Think of, well, why are they? What's causing that? And then see if you can approach it from a different perspective and maybe even 
help the situation. Yeah, because if they're really upset and you're like, we'll pretend their anger is like a fire and you're being rude back or you're getting upset, you're just adding gasoline to that fire. What can you do to help put out that fire? And as a kid, that's not necessarily your job, but sometimes it's better. Sometimes I wish my kids, when I'm really grumpy about something, they would either just walk away so I don't get mad at them because I don't like getting mad at my kids. I hate it. I really, it makes me feel like such a awful, terrible mom. And I always try to apologize and everything, but what can you do to help? And maybe that's walking away. Maybe that's helping clean up something, but what, yeah, what can you do to help? Yeah. So whatever the issue is, you know, try to find out what caused it and then see if you can help solve it. Because really love is really at the basis of a parent and their kid. And something that I've learned too, it's easier to act really angry with somebody that you love. Mm -hmm. Like think about it. You're not going to walk into a grocery store and get super upset at a random stranger that you've never met. There's got to be an emotional connection for that type of emotion to come out. And if the emotional connection isn't as powerful as love, you can't really get super mad at somebody. So in a way, being mad is a way to show somebody you love them. It's kind of messed up sometimes, but it, it, it is. It's, it's that way. Like, yeah. you know, if, if you've ever snuck out of your house, which we've already discussed that you should not yeah, do. Yeah, don't ever do that. But that being said, if you do and your parents catch you, chances are they probably got mad. And if they got mad, they probably got mad because they love you. They were worried about you. They want to make sure you're safe. And now they get to sit and wonder what happened to them. They snuck out. Can I trust them? Mm -hmm. It causes a lot of these feelings. And so you've got to think about it from a, par a parental perspective. Um, so really, I guess what I would say is, is, as long as you're not being verbally, mentally, physically abused, sexual abuse, definitely not. Um, and your parents are getting mad at you a lot. It means they love you. And it means something is going on that they're worried about when with you that you know, maybe you should, you know, see if you can fix it. Yeah. So then how do you deal with parents when maybe you disagree with them, but they're really upset at you and you do not agree with what they're saying? So in that instance, I would honestly, so we've kind of said this already, if tensions are high, I would honestly just be like, let's take five minutes. Let's walk away. Let's let things cool down a little bit and then come back and talk about this because it's important, but we need to let things calm down a little bit. And again, that's just because when we get frustrated, the part of our brain that handles emotions, it can't verbalize the way we feel. It doesn't have the ability. And that's why frustrations happen. That's why anger happens. So if you take a moment to really stop and think, then your mind can start to verbalize the way that it feels a little bit better and you can speak. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you listen to them say what they're frustrated about and you disagree and you just listen and say, okay. And that might seem really frustrating. And then you come back later, have your thoughts organized and you say, you know, I really listened and I thought about it 
And I just want to tell you, I'm not, I just feel this way. And as long as you're saying I feel and not you do this and you do that, but express it in a way how you feel, parents are going to be more receptive to that. When my kid, kids, like you're, try. She's speaking about our teenagers though. We have three of, well, basically we have three of them. Yeah. When they try to argue with me when I'm already frustrated about something, I am not listening to them because my frontal lobe is like shut off and I shut, shut off. Shut down. Shut not down. working. <laughs> not working. And I'm not really making, like I'm not problem solving. I'm not making the best decisions because I'm frustrated and I'm not really going to want to listen to them. But if they came back to me later and said, hey, I don't really think that this is fair or I feel this way, I'm more inclined to listen to them. And us as parents, I think we really try to include our kids in like consequence systems and yeah, like try. how late to hang out with friends and consequences if they come back late and when phones should be like put away and how many hours they should be on their phones. We try to include them just because we think that's better. But when our kids come to us and say, can we talk about this like choice we've made? Cause I don't really, I don't agree with it. They don't think the consequence fits. Yeah. And if they're not doing it when they're getting the consequence, then I'm more likely to listen. Now, if they're saying that's not fair, right after it's we're, happening we're not gonna listen then i'm not gonna listen so just try to do it in a good time not when a parent's grumpy but in a calm time not when you're supposed to be going to bed yeah, oh my gosh please if Don't your parents have said to go to bed just go to bed yeah. I, you know, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you this this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine with my kids okay so just free piece of advice which i guess this is all free pieces of advice and you can take it and leave it but um when we have them go to bed, I will have all of our kids. What we have a seven-year-old, well, a seven-year-old would be almost nine-year-old, an almost 11-year-old. Oh, my gosh. Weird. Almost 13-year-old. Okay, so, and at some point. 16, we'll, we'll, 18. 16, 18. But it's usually the so, ones. so we'll send them to bed, and then five minutes later, they'll come down and say, Mom or Dad. And, it's and, never Dad. No, it's always It's mom. always Mom. It's true. It's always Mom. And, and it's because they know that Dad will just tell them to go to bed. Yeah, and that's mom, not and as mom big won't of a listen pet peeve. <laughs> but the point is, is if you've got something important to say, pick an opportune time to, to, to say it. And one other thing that I would say to you is just understand that when somebody's frustrated, there's a couple things that they really want when they're frustrated. And the biggest one is they want to be heard mm -hmm. and they want to be validated. Yep. If you listen and validate what their concerns are right off the bat, you will be able to put out the fire and then maybe even come at it from a positive point of view, even right then, if you do this. So like as a teacher, I deal with, I don't deal with angry parents all the time, but it happens mm -hmm. and it works really well to remember that when you have a parent that's frustrated, one, you're dealing with a parent who is concerned about their child and their child is their baby. If it's their baby, that means they care about that person, right? Two, let them vent, let them be frustrated, let them go off a little bit. Three, re or, or validate 
what they've said by repeating. Okay, so let me get this straight. You're upset or, or let me make sure I understand. You're upset about this, 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 and this. And they can say, yes, that's what I'm upset about. And then you can address the situation. As long That way, what you've done is you've shown them, I care about what you have to say because I'm listening. I heard what you say because I'm, re I'm validating it by repeating it back to you. And then they are being shown that you actually are checked into the situation, you know what's going on, and you care. If you approach that with your parents, not only are you going to seem like the coolest kid ever, you're also probably going to be the most mature kid they ever thought they'd have because, let's just be honest, teenagers don't typically do that. Yeah, and it's great skills for in the future when you're in a relationship. It really is. I feel like we're going to have to do another podcast on parents. There is so much to talk about. There really is, actually. Um, parents. I mean, I, I hope that that helps. I mean, like, just remember, I mean, they care. And again, if it's something that's going on that's that's beyond just, you know, if, if they're being sexual, verbal, mental, you know, neglectful, you know, physical. things that physical, mm -hmm. if those are types of abuse that you're experiencing, get help. Yes. Um, you can tell e someone you could email us and say, Hey, this is going on. And you know, through a way we can find a way to get you some help too. But, but remember we legally have to report things. Teachers have to, police if you officers, go to a teacher, really, if you go to a police officer, it's actually the law that like adults are supposed to report that, but teachers are held to a higher standard than that. Well, and we're not your teacher, but that being said, like if you talk to a trusted adult, and a trusted adult doesn't get you help, um, they can help be held responsible for those actions happening to you as well. Mm -hmm. um, so just know that they have to report it, um, but you don't deserve that if something like no. that is going on. Absolutely not. That's not okay. Um, Maybe we should have a podcast on abuse. No, I think that that would probably yeah, be a good, a good idea, idea down the road too. Mm -hmm. um, so... All right, so what? Divorce, how do you handle that? So we've talked about it a little bit. First off, I would say this. It's not your fault. No, it's not your fault at all. And sometimes I know angry parents will say things like, you guys are just so hard, or you'll hear your parents arguing about you. It's still not your fault. They make their own decisions. And yeah, kids are hard. So are finances and having a house and communication. And I think believe a couple years ago it was this but the number one reason for divorce was finances or money so it's not your fault and even if you see them arguing about you there is other things going on it's not just you well so in reality when parents are arguing about you when they're going through a divorce really what it is is they're both hurt because something happened um, and the divorce is happening, you are looked at as something that's secure and something that they can get love from that they're not going to be getting from the person that they, you know, used to. And so they're re in a lot of ways, you become um, really an object that replaces the spouse that they are losing. Not all the time, but it, it, it's kind of a mental, uh, what's the word, possessive type of thing that we go through. Um, so sometimes kids get caught in the middle of that. And I don't think that that's necessarily on purpose. It's no. just that, again, it's emotions. We don't think clearly. Humans don't think clearly when emotions are high. Yeah. Unless this is something that you've trained for. Nobody trains for divorce. No. 
So No, I remember when I was little and my parents were getting a divorce, my dad lived with a neighbor and we lived with my mom in the house and it was rough. It was, I was only five, but it was really hard and not understanding why my dad didn't live there anymore. And then my mom dating other guys. And I was super young. I wasn't a teenager. And for years and years and years, I thought my parents were going to get back together one day. And I couldn't be a complete family unless my parents were together. And my life had been ruined. But then I grew up. And I was a later teenager. And realized, you know what? No. I can have my own family. And it really made me determine that I was not going to get a divorce. And you can't just say I'm not going to get a divorce. What goes along with that is I am going to work every day in my marriage so that it doesn't happen. Well, and so I think it really benefited me yeah. in life. You gotta have you gotta have a good marriage. Like, like if I were abusing Jess, she should leave. Yeah. You know, like if I, sure. if I were cheating on her, she should leave, you know, like she does, she doesn't deserve that. And that goes back to what we told you guys before, like you should treat, you know, guys, you should treat your, your significant other like a princess, you know, like, like they're special cause they are. So going back to that though, it's hard for kids to see that and not understanding like why are people the two parents, why are they splitting up and ruining a family? And you know what? Sometimes there are good reasons for divorce. You yeah. may not know if there is abuse going on or infidelity. You don't know because you're a young kid and maybe they don't want to share all that with you. I know my mom wouldn't talk to me about the divorce my whole entire life until I was an adult. And she still won't share everything with me. But she's been a little bit more open about it. And it really, it helps me understand. But I'm glad she didn't. I'm glad she didn't talk bad about my dad. And then when I've been older, it helps me understand that more. So you don't always know every detail about what's going on. And I think that is good for you, but also hard at the same time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard, right? Because you don't understand why it's but happening. Just, but just know, you think about it this way. Parents don't want to cause you pain. You are the most important thing to them. Mm -hmm. So if they're going through a divorce, something really bad had to happen to where that marriage had to be put on ice. It had to be separated. Um, I heard an analogy once um, with divorce. Um, and they compared the relationship to a gallon of milk and they said that basically, um, that gallon of milk got left out on the counter overnight. It went rotten and got curdled and everything else. And it was at that point, just no good. You can't put the gallon of milk back in the fridge and expect it to get better again. It's already bad. Uh, that being said, sometimes parents figure things out and get remarried and stuff. And that, that's, that's yeah. great. But the point is, is... That's like a new gallon of milk starting. Yeah, but, but that being said, sometimes things just go bad and you may not know, but just understand that do you really want your parents to be in a situation 
where they got to drink curdled milk for the rest of their life. <laughs> in yeah, reality, do you want to deal with hearing them fight and argue or would you like to see them happy? Yeah. I mean, my 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 kids were my older two really struggled with their mom and me getting a divorce. For years and years and years they struggled. And watching them go through that. And I think they probably still struggle even now and it's been like 13 years. But that being said, ultimately I think that they know that it's a better situation. I think mm-hmm. that they know that we are better not together. Um, it just sometimes you just don't want to admit that. Yeah, I think next episode we'll continue talking about divorce and how do you go back and forth from house to house and how do you deal with different sets of rules and different parenting styles and all of that. And then we'll continue talking about parents and relationships with parents and how to create a good relationship with your parents and how to talk to them and how to ask them questions and get to know them and let them get to know you and understand all of that because this really is a big important thing. And so I think we're going to finish divorce and parents Next episode. What do yeah, you think? I think we have a lot more to say just because, yeah. you know, and by parents, I think she means step parents as much as regular parents. I, yeah, any parents um, that could be your guardian. I'm not saying your I didn't, biological parents. And I didn't even yeah. really even talk about my experiences with my dad and subsequent stepdads as well Mm -hmm. and the struggles I had with that. So I think it may not be a bad idea to go into those relationships um you know next week and and dig into it just a little bit more um so that being said if you guys have specific questions about this topic that you'd like to hear from or any other topic for that matter please please let us know um like we we really are doing this for you um so whatever you're curious about if there's something we missed i mean please send us emails we really do love hearing from you guys um, and, and, and getting questions. And what's that email, Nate? Do oh, you what is it? <laughs> um, real, is it, wait. Real? Is it? Uh-huh. Realadvice14s at gmail.com. Right? Yeah, and yeah. the number four. Yeah, number four. So realadvice14s at gmail.com. So I guess this episode is Part. to be continued. Yeah, it's our first to be continued. Part And what one. is this? Is this is this episode five? Six. Five? I think it's... Oh, no. We are episode five. No, I think it's episode five. I don't even know what episode is anymore. I don't know. No, that was six. We're episode six. Yeah, it is episode six. Holy cow. It's episode six. We've been doing this six weeks. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, keep the questions coming. And just know that, you know, your parents care about you. They love you. And we don't know a lot of you guys, but we're doing this because we care about kids and we care about kids your age and... Hopefully we can help you. Yeah, have a great week.